listening to Spitball with Andrew Ballhold Mellows. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of Spitball. <laughs> I'm your host, Adri Borhawk Mallows, and joining me this week, well, again, it's no one. All I have to keep me company is a bunch of tumbleweed and some church bells. So, I best not crack too many bad jokes, otherwise I'm sure the producer is going to have my guts for garters. So, without further ado, let us move on with the show. Who are you? I don't even know your name. What's your name? Turn around. Let me see your name. Turn around. Let me see your name. Turn around. I don't know you, bro. You're having one of those days. Hey, baby. You're having one of those days. I say that to say this. If you wouldn't have did what you would have did, then we wouldn't have been where we was at to get what we got. That just don't make no sense, dog. Marcus, put your shoe on. Put it on. Shit. I can't fix with these gloves. <laughs> I think I chipped my tooth. Wish I had some gold so you can bite me some teeth. We start, as always, with our look back at the week 12 action. Now, I say we, but of course I'm using the royal we term because it is just me. So, with that said, the first game I want to start with this week is the Atlanta versus Cleveland match down there in Georgia. A clash between two teams still vying for the playoffs despite Atlanta's poor record, but more later in the show about why Atlanta are still in playoff contention. So the game itself, a few moments to talk about. First one being, this was the first time I think I've ever seen any game won by a quarterback throwing not one, not two, but three interceptions and zero touchdowns. That's right, Brian Hoyer of the Cleveland Browns threw absolutely no touchdowns at all this week. Yet, somehow, miracles happen, they have a great kicker, unlike Detroit, and they managed to come away with the win. Another reason for their win this week, Atlanta's clock management with the game on the line. Now, what am I talking about there? Simples, really. Inside the last two minutes, if you've got the ball and you're driving... What do you want to do? What's what's football 101 in that situation? Football 101 in that situation tells you eat as much time off the clock as possible so that you leave your opposition with as little time as possible to get the go-ahead score, especially when it looks like you're about to kick a field goal. Firstly, why do you take a timeout when you're within field goal range? Craziness. Not to mention third and two. Instead of running the ball and trying to get a first down, Atlanta threw a pass. Myself and and Coach Lawrence, beside ourselves, could not believe what was unfolding in front of our eyes on red zone. Atlanta then proceeded to kick a field goal with 44 seconds left on the clock. And although they had no timeouts left, 44 seconds in the NFL is a hell of a lot of time for a professional quarterback. Brian Hoyer took the Browns, drove them downfield, despite throwing three picks earlier in the game, got his head straight, drove the team down the field, and managed to kick that game-winning field goal. Unbelievable. With just a few short seconds left on the clock. Something else that made that happen, which you may or may not see, depending on what highlights you choose to pick out for yourselves this week, and that is what was a game 
saving tackle. We say game saving just because of the amount of momentum it could have given Atlanta had it happened. So towards the end of the first half, or literally the very end of the first half, Cleveland Browns go for a 60-yard field goal. Now, Atlanta have got a very special player who plays wide receiver, but is also renowned for his return ability. Devin Hester sat back there thinking 60-yard field goal attempt may have a chance to run it back if the kicker is short. Subsequently, Billy Cundiff does kick it short, only just misses the crossbar by a couple of yards. Hester picks up the ball, runs it back to the 10, to the 20, to the 30, to the 40, to the 50, to the 40, to the 30, where he gets tackled by an offensive lineman who's managed to make his way all the way back down the field. Joe Batoni from the Cleveland Browns somehow manages to catch up with Hester and stop him from scoring a touchdown. Absolutely unbelievable play. Now, we don't talk too much about linemen, but Trust me, when you see a lineman, you see that guy's 350 pound catching up with someone like Devin Hester who runs between 20 and 25 mile an hour. I think you're getting the general picture here, guys and girls. Absolutely unbelievable play. Now, what I'm going to do is we're going to put that in the show notes for you. Normally, we would have our Marcus and the mind-blowing plays, but alas, no Marcus this week. So you have Bullhawks in-flight entertainment. I'm sure you will enjoy that just as much as I have. If you don't, then remember... Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. We now come on to the second game I want to talk about this week. And with no one here to try and tame me or keep me in check, guess what team I'm going to talk about? That's right, it's my Buffalo Bills. Now, Buffalo's game got moved from Sunday to Monday um, purely because of the amount of snow they had in Buffalo last week over a 48-hour period. There were areas where the snow was up to seven feet tall. Uh, So the game itself was a Buffalo home game, uh, but got moved to Detroit. So a big thank you to everyone in Detroit and the Detroit Lions organization on behalf of this Bills fan, Uh, for letting us host the game and for doing a fantastic job trying to make it as much like a Bills home game as possible. Now, the game itself was Buffalo versus the New York Jets, a division rivalry game. And any other Bills fans out there or anyone else who supports the team in the AFC East absolutely hate the Jets, especially Dolphins fans. Am I right, Mark? Uh, It was good to see that Buffalo came out, having had 11 days to rest up and practice for this game, came out of the box absolutely flying, and it is probably the best I have seen them play all year. They played with an intensity and a fire and passion that I've not seen in a very long time. Robert Woods was on fire. He was catching basically everything that was thrown at him, scored an amazing touchdown, and... Something else that's going to make it into the Bullhawks in-flight entertainment is Robert Woods' spectacular one-hand, one-helmet catch. Now, that's not as dodgy as it sounds. Uh, Trust me, folks. I know we like a bit of innuendo sometimes on this show, but it is far from that. So take a look at the show notes, the in-flight entertainment, to see Robert Woods. It's great catch. On the day, he had over 100 yards and was always there for the crucial catches not only was Robert Woods playing out of his skin 
We also had a Buffalo defense, which this year under Jim Swartz has been absolutely amazing. And they're phenomenal at getting sacks. This game alone, they had seven sacks between on Michael Vick and Geno Smith, two of the more mobile quarterbacks in the league. So a great achievement there. Mario Williams had an absolutely fantastic game. Jerry Hughes as well, uh, he's transitioned into defensive end from linebacker. He's just been an absolute revelation for us this year. Now, I could talk for ages about the Bills, and despite having no one to keep me in check whilst I'm actually recording this, I can hear these little voices in my head telling me, move on to the next game, move on to the next game, move on to the next game. So, with that said, the final score there was Buffalo 38 New York Jets 3. So you could probably tell why I'm overexcitable this week after another great win. The next game I come on to is the Kansas City Chiefs versus Oakland Raiders. Now, this was the Thursday night game to open up week 12. Now, rather than having to listen to me talk about it, what I think you guys should do is head over to the Lowdown blog on our website at www dot bullhawksnest dot com forward slash the hyphen low hyphen down or if you're on our page already listening to this simply click on the lowdown icon at the top of the page and have a look at what I think about the Kansas City Oakland game and you can also check the in-game highlights there whilst continuing to listen to the show sounds like a plan huh I think so too Now we come on to the late Sunday night game between the Dallas Cowboys and New York Giants. This was a big NFC East division rivalry matchup, hence why it was played late on a Sunday night. Now these games over the last few years, they've either had some form of uh, division title on the line normally towards this part of the season or for the upper hand in the division to see who gets the better leverage going into the playoffs. These games are always absolutely fantastic encounters. Honestly, I can't say enough about them. You know what? I think I'm going to do something I wouldn't normally do, but I am going to put a link to this particular game in the show notes because I think everyone should watch it. The highlights, granted, they take about seven minutes, but trust me, it's going to be well worth it, if not for this one nugget alone, and that is the one-handed catch by Odell Beckham Jr. Now, broadcasters and podcasters of the NFL alike around the league are just going crazy over this catch. Uh, When you see it, you will absolutely understand why. Guess what? It's going to be in the in-flight entertainment because... It is one of the, if not the best catch of the season. Just a diving one-handed grab, just immaculate the way he managed to keep control of his body, keep his body inbounds at the same time as fighting off a defender. Um, it's a little surprise as well. When you watch the highlights, not so much of a surprise now because I'm giving the game away, but you get the idea. He was actually practicing jumping and diving one-handed catches before the game starts. I mean, what's going through the mind to think, I need to practice catching one-handed in an awkward position. It's just absolutely insane. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. this year. I'm going to come on to him more uh, later in the show, but just an absolutely unbelievable receiver. Other points from this particular game uh, was Dallas's offensive line. Now, again, this is something else we've talked about earlier in the year, mainly because the rushing attack of Dallas helping DeMarco Murray to over 1,300 yards so far this season in just 11 
games. Simply amazing. He's averaging at well over 100 yards a carry. But not just that, they found out how to protect Romo as well. There were times in this game where he was being protected for over eight seconds. Now, eight seconds when you're trying to cover a receiver is an absolute eternity. Trust me. Again, you only have to watch any NFL game. You will see quarterbacks at best normally get three to four seconds to throw a ball. So if you're doubling that, the receivers have an absolute field day and it's just impossible to try and defend someone for that length of time. With that said, the pass protection really came in hand on the game-winning drive as on the touchdown pass to Des Bryant, again, you'll see this in the highlights, he has eight seconds to throw the ball. Now, normally you'd be expected to be being shaken up out of your boots after about three seconds when that much when the game's on the line like that, but to have eight seconds in the pocket... Um, again, it's just absurd. It's, it's unheard of. But watch the highlights. Check out the game. Uh, Romo had a good game. It was close all the way through to the end. DeMarco Mario had another over 100-yard rushing game. Um, just, what can I say? Giants dominate early. The Cowboys come back. Watch the highlights. It's, it's insane. I love it. Love this division rivalry. And uh, I can't say enough about it. Finally, I finish off the game roundup with the Miami versus Denver game. Now, <laughs> as a scoreline would suggest in this one, there didn't seem to be very much defense, despite that. Granted, there was three turnovers, but don't let that fool you, folks. This game finished 39-36. You try and find the defense in that scoreline. Peyton Manning had another great day, 257 yards four touchdowns, two of which to Demarius Thomas, who's just setting the league on fire with his touchdown receptions this year. Not necessarily all, all the time with the quality, but just the sheer number of touchdowns he's getting this year. Uh, again, whoa, what can I say, man? Just absolutely crazy. Even Ryan Tannehill had a good game. That's how much of a lack of defense there was. Tannehill, 228 yards, three touchdowns, standard interception. I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble from that one right now. Your mama was a snowblower. <laughs> And Denver's running back as well, a rookie running back over 167 yards uh, and his first career touchdown. So if you can find the defense in all that offense, good luck. And remember, hey, guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. Final score in that game, 39-36 to Denver. And the final thing I want to come on to from that game just briefly is the young receiver, rookie receiver, Landry, who's playing for the Dolphins. Now, if people haven't picked him up in their fantasy football leagues yet, I strongly recommend you do because his receptions over the last few weeks are just going up and up and his stock is going up and with the amount of yardage he's getting and the amount he is being targeted by Tannehill. So if you're on the verge of getting into the playoffs, I'm going to put my neck on the line and say, go out, pick up Landry. He's going to help you get there. You are listening to Spitball. This is normally the part in the show where I turn to Marcus and I say, So Marcus, what's been grinding your gears this week? But, as I mentioned earlier, no Marcus this week. Aww. So, what am I going to talk about? Well, just going to give you a heads up as to what else you are going to find in Bullhawks In-Flight Entertainment. In the show notes. So, I have already mentioned the Odell Beckham Jr. catch, which is just unbelievable. You'll have seen it in the highlights. We have it in the show notes. 
you'll see why everyone's making such a fuss about it. There's also so many vines going about the different things that Odell Beckham Jr. can can stop or catch. It's hilarious, so please do uh, go check that out. Also in the in-flight entertainment, we have Robert Woods's one hand, one helmet catch. Not as bad as it sounds, trust me. We also have the Joe Batoni touchdown saving tackle on Devon Hester's return. And items we've not mentioned yet, we have an interception from Chris Conte, who shows again why he is an underrated player in that Chicago defense. And a gorgeous catch from Megatron, a lovely diving effort. We haven't talked about him for a while, but he's back. That's right, babies. He's back. It's back. Oh, y'all want the play? Okay, here we go. We've got gun, Hulk left slot. Dixie left, key left. Mercedes, wide chip, Ricky. Zebra left, 75, Katie. Omaha, quick going. Now we come on to my favorite part of the show, and that is our weekly awards. Now, with no one to bounce off this week, I'm afraid I've shortened my selection, so all I'm going to give you this week is a winner for each award. Those new to the show may be wondering what earth I'm harping on about, and you'd be right to. Our weekly awards, we have an offensive impact player, otherwise known as our award, and we also have a defensive impact player award, and that is our Mr. Award. So, without further ado, I'm going to start with our award winner. And I should also say that is named after Calvin Johnson, the receiver for the Detroit Lions. Again, for those new to the the show or to the sport, uh, number 81 for the Detroit Lions, Calvin Johnson. If you just Google some of his highlights, you will see exactly why this guy is called. So, rightly, we name our offensive impact award after him and this week my winner drumroll please squire (laughs) odell beckham jr wide receiver for the new york giants now he's been in our awards the last few weeks and he makes it again because he is simply playing that well at the moment. He's had 10 receptions for over 100 yards, uh, cracking up 146 yards this week, two touchdowns, including the unbelievable catch, which if you haven't seen it by now, what are you doing still listening to me? Go check it out and listen to me at the same time. Get on it. Trust me, you will enjoy it. Week after week, Odell Beckham Jr., he's just proven to be the lifeline of that entire Giants offense. This year, without him, I honestly don't know what Manning would have done, apart from throw more interceptions probably. He had two this week, just for reference, but uh, we'll keep you posted on the Manning interception count in other episodes. Now, move on before I digress too much, as I have a bad habit of doing, on to the Mr. Award winner. This week... It's going to come as no surprise that I have gone for a Buffalo Bill and chosen Mario Williams. Now, again, his stats won't necessarily set the world alight, 
But when you see everything he did against the Jets, the pressure he was constantly putting on Michael Vick, he was always in his face, always challenging the offensive linemen and pushing them back and, and forcing Michael Vick to either run out of the pocket and be sacked by another Buffalo Bill or just to have to throw the ball away. Uh, they had very little completion percentage on third down all because of the amount of pressure that the Bills D-line, especially Mario Williams, with his three tackles, of which two were sacks, uh, he just had an outstanding game. Again, if you see the the highlights or have seen any of the game, you will see why this week Mario Williams is my Mr. Award winner. I'm eating burritos bigger than you. It's time to go eat, baby. See, see. You got some hungry dogs over here. Apple! Orange! Orange! Hot potato. I don't want no crackers. Hungry, man. I gotta eat it. Feed him. He hungry. Man, you guys didn't eat your Wheaties this morning, did you? We eating all day, bro. We'll grind these guys up and turn them into little bitty eagle meatballs. To finish off the show this week, what I'd like to do is just have a quick look around the league and take a look at uh, the current playoff picture. Now, we just had week 12. We're about to head into week 13 or Thanksgiving week for all of the Americans out there, the American listeners, the American public. We hope you do have a fantastic holiday. Of course, Thanksgiving does also mean that this Thursday we have three games for our viewing pleasure here in the UK, um, which cannot wait for but before i digress as i say the playoff picture starting in the afc the best team in the conference at the moment is the new england patriots uh, from the afc east with a current record of nine and two and a winning streak of seven games it's just unreal when you think that they started the season uh two wins two losses and we're looking a complete shell of the former selves um, you see how they've turned around Obviously, it helps with Rob Gronkowski coming back, who is just an absolute animal at tight end. And the way that Brady has that offense clicking, that is why they are 9-2 and two and the current top seeds in the AFC. And if I haven't said it before, my pick to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. You heard it here first. Next up, we have the Denver Broncos, who are 8-3 and three. now. Despite their their win against Miami this week, they've shown a few times this year that they can be kept too well under sort of 10 points. It's been a bit shocking when you think of how great and high-powered that offense is with Peyton Manning, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas, Wes Welker, when they're fit, Monte Bull. Crazy and obscene amount of talent they've got on offense. Defense, they've got Von Miller. Uh, they've got uh, Aqib Tlaib. Just unreal, the talent on this team. And that is why, despite some shocking games, they have an 8-3 and record and are the number two seeds uh, atop the AFC West. Next, we have the AFC North current leaders uh, with a record of seven wins, three losses and one tie. That's right, the one tie of this season so far. That can only be the Cincinnati Bengals, who are ahead of the other teams in the North. I say that's generally what happens when you're atop a division, I guess. <laughs> Silly boy. But it is incredibly close in that division, as you're going to come on to hear shortly. So... Uh, next up, we have the other division leaders, the Indianapolis Colts, who are atop the AFC South uh, with a record of 7-4. and four. Now, some of you may be wondering why a record of 7-4 and four is worse than a record of 7-3-1, and one, but it's all to do with the winning percentage. And having that tie in there gives Cincinnati that slight advantage over 
uh, Indianapolis, despite the fact that they both have seven wins. In the wild card positions, so the positions five and six, we have two AFC West teams, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Diego Chargers, both with a record of seven and four, but the highest percentage wins against other teams in the AFC conference. It does get a little bit complicated around this time of the year, but we will explain more to you in week 17 uh, after the last week of the regular season as to why the playoff standings are as they work out to be. Other teams in playoff contention, we have all three of the remaining teams from the AFC North with a record of 7-4. and four. So you can see from that exactly how close the AFC North currently is at the moment. Uh, they are 7, 8 and 9 in division rankings, followed by the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills with a record of 6 and 5. Um, and in 12th place, you have the Houston Texans with a record of 5 and 6. After that, no one has over two wins. So you can write them out of playoff contention uh, without question. So there is any number of teams there uh, from that 12 that will end up in the playoffs. But I'm confident that the Pats and the Broncos will get there. Now we move on to the NFC, the National Football Conference, and the team with the best record there is the Arizona Cardinals from the NFC West with a record of 9-2, and two, but a tough remaining schedule as they still have to play Seattle and San Francisco, who are their division rivals, and having just lost to Seattle this weekend, we'll see how Arizona managed to recover over the next few weeks. Recently atop the NFC North, we have the Green Bay Packers in second position with a record of 8-3. and three. They've just recently overtaken the Detroit Lions and they still have yet to play each other at least once between now and the end of the season. So we'll see how that works out, but it's looking quite favourable for Green Bay. Next, in third place, we have the Philadelphia Eagles from the NFC East, again with a record of 8-3. and three. Uh, again, that's going to be a really, really tight division, as you will uh, hear shortly. Next, we have the one of the worst records in the NFC, but yet are seeded fourth for the playoffs purely because they are atop their division, uh, the NFC South, and that is the Atlanta Falcons with a record of four and seven. So, if between them and the New Orleans Saints, they both manage to lose one more game between now and the end of the season, we will have a team with a percentage of 500 or less in the playoffs. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but perhaps let me know how you feel that a team without a winning record gets in the playoffs. Remember? Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. Okay, so now we finish off with the wildcard positions in fifth place, and I really do feel like a radio DJ at this moment. Five. We have Dallas Cowboys, the record of eight and three again from the NFC North. Coming at you, position six. Seattle Seahawks with a record of seven and four closely followed by the Lions and the 49ers uh, with a record of 7-4. and four. Then we have the Bears. Bears with a record of 5-6 and six in ninth position. But after that, that's when you start hitting the real losing records of the Saints, Vikings, Rams, all on 4-7. and seven. So you would have to say, barring the Saints, they're all out of playoff contention. The Saints, they're having the same record as the NFC South leaders, the Falcons. Anything can happen in that division, but 
The only thing he thinks most likely, as I say, a team with a record of 500 or less get into the playoffs. Reminiscent of a few years ago when Seattle Seahawks got into the playoffs with a record of 7-9, and nine, and that's when we saw the beast mode 60-plus yard touchdown run, which was just absolutely incredible. A link to which will be in the show notes. Okay, so that wraps up my playoff talk for this week. As I say, we'll be bringing more of that to you as the weeks progress and we get closer to the end of the regular season and week 17, which is just five short weeks away now. Crazy to think we're this far into the season. Uh, It's just absolutely flown by. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast to visitors now spamheadproductions.weebly.com that's spamheadproductions.weebly.com well that wraps it up from me for another week remember hey guys if you want to get a hold of audrey or marcus send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com and don't forget our shows are downloadable on itunes our most recent shows are also rebroadcast on the 1800 online network a link to which is at the side of the page. Uh, As I said before, be sure to go and check out our Lowdown blog. If you haven't already, just click Lowdown at the top of the page or go to www.bullhawksnest.com forward slash the hyphen low hyphen down. So until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by. (laughs) 